In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. With your leave, my Lord. I saw one like a son of man, and his face was shining like the sun in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Do not fear. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. These words come from the vision of St. John in the book of Revelation. We can recognize that when the Lord placed his hand upon St. John's shoulder, John remembered who this person was. It is the Lord. Strength filled his soul because he knew that this is a person who I can trust absolutely without any limits. Jesus, I trust in you. Many of us probably are familiar with these words which are associated with the divine mercy image. These words are meant as a deep as a prayer to increase our trust, reminding us of who the Lord is, how eminently worthy he is of our trust. These words act like the hand on St. John's shoulder, offering trust without limit, giving us the grace and strength that we need. These words, Jesus, I trust in you, drive out fear and suspicion, and they replace with, with peace and confidence in God's grace. But then how can our trust in the Lord be greater? How can it grow more intense? Well, I'd like to consider three ways in which we can grow in trust, and then how trust, this trust can operate in our life with, of the Lord, life with the Lord. First, what trust is. And then secondly, why the Lord is supremely worthy of trust. And third, how trust works in the holy sacraments. So first, what is trust? What does it mean when we say to someone, I trust you? Fundamentally, it means that we know we can take this person at their word. This person is going to follow through with what they say. We can count on their integrity, their strength, their ability, and we can count on this with confident expectation. It's a person who both has our good in mind and knows how to deliver it. We can depend upon a person that we trust in. This relationship of trust is, I think, exemplified in the many images and statues that we see of Our Lady, the Madonna and Child. We can see in the images of Our Lady and and her child the sense of security and love, the bond of trust between the mother and child. And the opposite of trust is suspicion. Suspicion occurs when Remembering some sort of past pain, we refuse to allow someone close. We refuse to offer them our trust out of fear. 
and we're ambivalent about them. We're not sure about their goodness or their intentions towards us. We can see this suspicion operative very often when children first meet, young children, meet a stranger. With my nieces and nephews, they call it stranger danger. It's this sense of not being sure how to to respond to this person, not sure how to trust, whether to trust. Is this person safe? So trust is the measure of a relationship, a measure of a bond, the bond that exists between friends, spouses, family members. When it comes to our relationship with Christ, trust is very similar to faith, although it's more, it's more personal, it's more affective, and it's rooted in the memory of what he has done in the past for us, of our relationship with him. I remember when I was a kid, when I was a young kid, typically I was scared of the dark, you know? And, um, but I do remember when my door was open in my room and I could hear the old modem, dial-up modem sounds. And my, I knew that my dad was working down in his office. And strange as it is, those beeps and buzzes gave me a great sense of security and a sense that there's nothing to be afraid of. Little sounds like that, little images, can move us to trust, like the hand placed on St. John's shoulder in the apocalypse. This prayer, Jesus, I trust in you, is meant to offer us that trust, help us to encourage ourselves, to remind ourselves why we should be secure in the Lord. It's like that modem noise I heard as a child. But then this leads to our second consideration. Why do we trust in Jesus? Why is he so eminently worthy of our trust? Apart from the countless times all of us individually can describe the ways that he has come through for us, we can also look to the scriptures for evidence why we can trust the Lord so deeply. First, listen to St. John's letter. And this is love, not because we loved God, but because he loved us and sent his son to be the expiation for our sins. We trust Jesus not because we love him, but because he loved us first. Because he died as the expiation for our sins. Do not be afraid, he says. I am the beginning and the end, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I hold the keys of death and hell. The Lord was powerful enough, loved us enough to die for our sins, to die for us before any of us were even born. Do we really think, then, that he's going to deny us the the grace that we need? Is he going to be stingy with his mercy? No. His mercy is unfathomable. Think of the price he paid. How can we not trust him? In the words of St. Paul, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, will he not also give us all things with him? The Lord tells St. Faustina, Remember my passion. 
If you do not believe my words, at least believe my wounds. This is why we are surrounded by so many images of the cross, of Christ crucified. It's a constant incentive to remember his, tr- his mercy, his goodness, and to trust in it. To remember why, what motivated him, what in- tremendous, unfathomable love motivated him to sacrifice himself for our salvation. And how contrary any attitude of suspicion is to the mercy and goodness of Christ. It's like treating him as a stranger, treating him as if he is not the one who has our supreme good in mind, and our supreme, he's supremely able to affect that good. Again, he tells St. Faustina, my child, all your sins have not wounded my heart as painfully as your lack of trust does. That after so many efforts of my love and mercy, you should still doubt my goodness. Then how does trust operate in the holy sacraments? Well, the sacraments are like channels of grace. They're fountains pouring forth God's mercy. And in the divine mercy image, the two rays, the white and the blue ray, uh, the white and the red ray, excuse me, They represent the the grace of the sacraments. The Lord told St. Faustina, the pale ray stands for the water which makes souls righteous. The red ray stands for the blood which is the life of souls. These two rays issued forth from the very depths of my tender mercy when my agonized heart was opened by a lance on the cross. All the sacraments, but supremely the sacrament of the Eucharist and the sacrament of confession, communicate to us the mercy of God, won by the crucified Christ. Again, he says, all mercy is, all misery gets buried in the depths of my mercy, and every saving and sanctifying grace flows from the fountain of the cross. In itself, The grace offered to us in the sacraments is infinite, literally unending. Because of the dignity of Christ's person, he won an infinite amount of grace for us by his sacrifice on the cross. But then why don't we receive an infinite amount of grace? What limits it? The answer is very simply our trust or our lack of trust. We are the ones who decide the limits of the graces we are going to receive in the sacraments. And the limits are placed by our willingness to trust in the Lord. Here again what our Lord has to say to St. Faustina. The graces of my mercy are drawn by means of one vessel only, and that is trust. The more a soul trusts, the more it will receive. And concerning confession... Tell souls that from this fount of mercy, they draw graces only with the vessel of trust. If their trust is great, there is no limit to my generosity. So it's as if when we're approaching the sacraments, all of us are carrying a little container that represents our trust in God. 
Maybe for some of us it's very small, like a, a thimble, or the size maybe of a chalice. Ideally, we're aiming for those big stone water jugs at the wedding of Cana that held 20 or 30 gallons. Or we could think about our Lady's Trust, which maybe could be likened to the limits of a massive lake or even the ocean. The goal is always to expand that trust, and especially when approaching the sacraments. He tells us, souls that trust boundlessly are a great great comfort to me because I pour all the treasures of my graces into them. I rejoice that they ask for much because it is my desire to give much, very much. On the other hand, I am sad when souls ask for little, when they narrow their hearts. So let us remember to ask for much and always with great, great trust, ever-increasing trust. And let us remember to pray this very, very simple but very powerful prayer, Jesus, I trust in you. His passion, the crucified Christ, is a constant reminder that he's endlessly worthy of this trust. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, 